This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, Episode 101, Four Tips for Teaching Your Kids About Money. Traditional financial planning is no longer working. And in the new normal economy, your hosts, Mark Willis and Holly Bach, invite you to join us as we engage the new and improved steps for establishing financial sanity. Be curious, be stable, be sane. This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. Welcome, everyone, to our 101th episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast. Just celebrated episode 100 in our last episode. So if you missed that, uh, definitely want to go back and check that out, um, which is kind of a fun celebration of how far we've come and where we're hoping to kind of continue to take you and our our listeners um, into the future. So thank you so much for joining us here today, sticking with us for 101 episodes. Um, Also, welcome, Mark, to the studio as well. Thank you, and welcome, everybody. Yes. So um, what we kind of wanted to jump into here this week is just a little two-part series, so not um, you know one of our longer mini-series, but just a little two-parter here, and um, just kind of wanted to jump into um, kind of a, a more fun topic, I feel like. Uh, we wanted to dive into kind of this whole idea of uh, finance and kids and how to educate your children and about finance and money and just kind of what those conversations should look like or could look like and um, that sort of thing. Because we we were running across, I mean, some shocking data as, as we tend to do and, and bring it to your attention, listeners. Um, but we are running into some shocking data about the the lack of financial education out there for um, for kids, you know, whether that's in school or at home. I mean, just kids um, aren't being taught about money. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're really not. It's just kind of like they end up just learning what they see and what they happen to be exposed to, but there's really no formal education happening um, anywhere, whether, again, that's in home or at school. So um, what we ran across was a study um, by creditcards.com and YouGov, and they surveyed nearly uh, 2,700 people. So 2,700 people were um, surveyed by, um, by these, these companies. They came up with a report. And what they found was that nearly one in four adults in the U.S., so um, the actual percentage was 24% of U.S. adults say that their parents did not give them any sort of financial education growing up, okay? So there were 25% of grown adults that are walking around out there today um, said, yeah, I I didn't receive any sort of um, education growing up, none whatsoever, Mm. okay? Um, Among those whose parents did talk to them about money, okay, so 25% right off the bat, just nothing. Then those that responded saying, yes, there was some sort of education, um, what they said that their parents talked to them about varied pretty pretty widely um, mm. as far as what the parents were um, telling them about or even covering with them. It looks like about 65% of those, um, so most people, if they were getting advice on something, it was about savings. So 65% got advice about savings. Um, only 45% were taught anything about spending though. Uh, 38% learned about giving. So, you know, being generous, giving back, charity. Um, and then 25% per- learned about borrowing. 
um, only 22% of adults that were surveyed said that they learned about investing from their parents. So you can see that, you know, even the parents that were, um, you know, brave enough, bold enough, or just cared enough to say anything to their kids, it looks like they weren't necessarily kind of giving them a holistic um, education or perspective. They were just kind of hitting on certain things. You know, maybe it was just them saying, oh, like drilling into them, save, 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 save. But there was no mentioning of, okay, but what do I do when I actually need to buy something? Yeah. Well, I find it interesting, too, that only 25% of the 25%, so like 12% of Americans or whatever, have any kind of education from the parents on borrowing. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. Well, that means they're, if they have any education, it came from um, mainstream financial sources on uh, how to use a credit card or why to have debt, if there's going to be any debt, or the problems that come with too much debt, all that uh, but yet we are a nation of debtors. Uh, so I, I suspect that more than 12% of America has debt. Uh, so now, uh, you know, so that, that caught my attention in the report. I'm curious, Holly, do you have any like childhood stories, any memories uh, interacting with this thing called money as a child? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely remember having the, you know, traditional piggy bank, right? Uh, where you, where you saved. Um, I remember running my little lemonade stand um, and, you know, collecting my quarters from that and saving them in said piggy bank. Um, So definitely have a couple memories of of things like that. Um, You know, as far as financial education, though, I mean, not not a whole lot. I'd have to say that um, kind of fall into similar, um, you know, situations. I mean, I would say a lot of what I learned about money was more learned from example, necessarily, than like specific, um, like, you know, more like formal educational process. Yeah. Um, it was more just like my parents modeled a certain way of dealing with money that, um, I mean, I actually believe I was, I was fortunate to have witnessed and kind of grown up um, seeing how they dealt with their money. Um, but it wasn't like they were, um, you know, teaching that per right. se. It was just, hey, this, you know, I, I hear their interactions about money. I just oversaw it and kind of existed within it. And that was about the extent of the education. Um, and then, of course, in school, you know, there's, they'll teach you how to balance a checkbook, <laughs> which is essentially worthless. Um, but, you know, nothing that's like actually showing you how to um, how to spend, how to borrow, you know, some of these actual more real life mm-hmm. um, applications. Well, and I, I remember a, uh, a building up a savings in my own top, uh, top drawer in my, in my uh, chest of drawers. It was in a, basically a paper bag. And my savings for my experiences, my little summer jobs, that sort of thing, eventually uh, had enough built up in there where I wanted to take it to a normal bank. Actually, my, my mom told me to take it to a normal bank. I was comfortable keeping it in the paper bag. Mm-hmm. But walking into the bank's uh, front lobby and then talking to this strange man and then handing him my <laughs> hard-earned money, I felt like that uh, South Park clip, you know, the clip I'm talking about yeah, where yeah, like, yeah. Um, yeah, the the dude walks into the bank, hands the money and this banker kind of clicks a few cle- keys on the keyboard and says, and it's gone. Yep. <laughs> that's sort of how it felt. Um, so that's that was sort of one of my first and earliest memories that I can think back on with money. 
But what about us? We're, you know, we're getting to a place, maybe many of our listeners have children. How do you raise financially conscious children? How do we help them learn the value of money? How do we give them responsibilities and skills to help them support them? I loved how you brought up that your parents, basically, Holly, it sounds like it, teaching money can be taught, but it can also be caught. Yeah, you like that? Mm-hmm. So it's non-formal as much as it is formal training and curriculum. You don't have to sit there and drill it into your kids. You can show them. Uh, but unfortunately, many families have this sort of uh, cloak of mystery around money, right? Um, and, and not a lot of children are going to be involved much in the financial dealings or financial situation uh, with the family's money. Uh, the children oftentimes have some general sense possibly about how the parents are doing, if they're in trouble, making home, home payments or buying groceries, or if there's stress and arguments between mom and dad, that might come up. Uh, but there may or may not be any particularly uh, explicit financial uh, lessons to be learned there. Uh, they just sort of learn this vague idea that the parents are doing either really well financially or not so well, but it's never really talked about. So many families are going to spend more time uh, wait, you know, of their waking time at work than with their own children. Money is a big part of the family. It's, it's there at every meal. It goes with you on every family vacation. It's going to either hurt you uh, and, and, or help you in every financial family decision that you're going to make. And even you know whether the kids are going to go to college, right down to what you're going to buy for dinner tonight. If you avoid the topic of money with your family and your children, it's not like they're not going to be taught somehow. You know, in a way, money sort of works like an extra member of your family. If it's never, <laughs> if it's never talked about, that's kind of weird, right? If you had an extra aunt living in the back bedrooms that you never mentioned, or if she lived in the basement, right, and she never came up and you never talked about her, that'd be kind of weird. And you have some pretty messed up kids, right? <laughs> yeah. And other parents will try and just, you know, buy their children anything they need and never show the kids the value of earning a dollar or the value of money. Um, so it's especially important, even early on, for kids to learn how hard making money can be and that there's you know, there should be a, a certain amount of respect for money. Uh, you should be teaching your children, you know, especially um, when they're young, about that dynamic where you know money doesn't have to be something that um, has this like overpowering, controlling hand, but it's it also does not grow on trees. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think there's like a balance there that children need to be aware of um, mm-hmm. when it comes to you know money. Well, and I would also just add to that that you know parents aren't teaching much, but kids aren't learning it much at school either. I did not get taught how to balance a checkbook. I, I did Econ 101 in high school, but there was never, even through grad school, which included some leadership degrees and, and managing major nonprofits and organizations and churches, I never really even got taught how to manage my finances on a personal level or as an organizational leader, uh, strangely enough. So, uh, you know, I would say that really we didn't design the public school system to involve personal financial responsibility. It was really designed for other things, you know, reading, writing, arithmetic, that sort of thing. So what do we do? What do we do when when there's no formal system set up for kiddos? Uh, Well, I would say at first, at least, it starts by breaking the cycle in your own family. If you've got a history of bad habits as a family with money, break the cycle and let it let it take a stand and let it end with you, right? Yep. And so what we wanted to kind of spend the majority of this episode doing is kind of exploring 
four ways to think and talk about money with children um, and offer some best practices for bringing up to kids, you know, who are financially savvy, uh, you know, kind of bringing up these topics to them without being entitled or spoiled, right? So it can kind of go both ways. You know, kids can react uh, in different ways to um, how they grow up money being discussed. So uh, we certainly, you know, want to advise parents not to sweep the topic of money under the rug and to always answer honestly. Don't let them necessarily exist in this la-la land of you can have anything you want, anytime you want, all day long. Um, let them know that they're sometimes the reality is that they can't have mm. <laughs> that pony, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, that sort of thing. And let your kids also earn their own money as soon as they can is kind of another uh, tip that we'd share. Um, so as far as number one, uh, number one of the four ways to kind of think and talk about money with kids is to start talking to your kids about money early and often. So um, an understanding of money is really not optional um, in our culture, in our society today. Your kids are going to grow up in a world where college loans are massive, health insurance is self-provided, and retirement savings are ill-defined and confusing. Um, At the same time, social media will amplify wealth disparities amongst uh, your children and their peers, so they're at risk of developing, you know, animosity or self-esteem issues based on that. Uh, on the plus side, there might also be, you know, hoverboards in the future. <laughs> so, you know, we have that going for Wait us. Wait a minute. So, yeah, you're, you're so right. I mean, if I'm if I'm a 11-year-old or 13-year-old and I go on whatever social media looks like uh, at this stage in the game and I see that all my friends have the latest shoes or purse or whatever, I, that's going to impact me more as a preteen or whatever than maybe even an adult. And mm-hmm. it's important for us as adults and parents to, to notice that. Great point, Holly. Yep, yep. And so um, traditional objections to discussing finances with kids are misguided. I mean, talking to your kids about family finances will not steer them towards greed. Um, If anything, it might do the opposite. Um, Money is a great tool to help teach and guide your children toward the family values that you actually want to instill in them. Because money, (laughs) you know, has a lot to do with your your, your character. I mean, Mm -hmm. oftentimes how you deal with money is a reflection of your inward character anyway. So money can actually be used to help with that. Traits like um, curiosity, patience, generosity, perseverance, grit, perspective, all these things can be taught um, through money um, in in many ways. So when your children ask questions around money, engage them in in that discussion. Don't shut them down. Uh, Think of it as an investment in your time. If you can help them have a healthy relationship with money, even if it means taking an extra few minutes in the grocery store talking about money, even if it's uncomfortable, um, you're making an investment in their future. And you're avoiding them growing up with their own possibly kind of immature ideas about money and constantly needing you know, therapy that you have to pay for or financial help to cover the rent when they're adults. <laughs> and, you know, they can't, they can't, they can't, you know, keep two pennies in their pocket because everything's going out the door. And then you end up supporting them even longer than you'd maybe otherwise um, have to or need to. So with older kids, you can go over some of the facts and figures about your income and the family's expenses. 
This shows them the difference between the money you earn and what goes in your wallet and that that's not the same amount, right? Um, I don't think it's entirely uncommon that kids will sometimes like overhear conversations and like get an idea of how much their parents make. And but they don't have a concept for the fact that, oh, wait, that doesn't include taxes and that doesn't include the mortgage and that doesn't, you know. Mm. So I think it's easy for kids to kind of be like, whoa, you know, because any amount that's more than like two dollars is like, you know, a fortune Mm -hmm. in their minds. And so they hear and they're like, whoa, mom and dad make so much money. But then, you know, reality is what you you know, the, that dollar number that they overheard is far different from the discretionary money that mom and dad might have for, um, you know, whatever X, Y, Z might be that the kids are wanting. So um, being able to teach them that dynamic is so valuable. And the earlier they can catch on to it, all the better, right? Mm-hmm. So you can involve your kids in the family budget discussion, um, which means and assumes, of course, that you actually have a family budget conversation. So step one might be setting up the family budget. Step two is involving the kids. Um, each month, you want to sit down with the whole family, um, and, and at least for just a few minutes, you know, kind of in, let um, everyone be a part of the conversation to talk about um talk about your finances with the whole family and and let the kids talk and even contribute as much as possible. You might be surprised. I mean, kids are some of the smartest people out there. Um, And so you might be surprised some of the uh, creative, insightful um, ideas that they might have, you know, to even Mm -hmm. help out with the finances. So so. true. Yeah. We've, we've looked at uh, uh, the creativity and genius of young children before they're smashed into the brick wall of reality and adulthood. Right. So involving Mm -hmm. them might actually help you come up with a creative solution for your business. Very smart. Uh, well, and I have a memory of uh, one conversation I had with my my mom when she would tell me a little bit about the cost of cereal because, you know, the, the rules were we couldn't get cereal above a certain price and it could not have sugar as the first ingredient. Those were the two rules when I would go down <laughs> the cereal aisle. And, and she taught me that, you know, to get food in that box required a farmer. It required, you know, a business. It required a someone in a factory to put the food in the little bag in there and to add the little toy that I always looked for. Those, those sorts of things blew my mind as a little kid. And it just helped me sort of understand the bigger picture of the financial system that we're all a part of. So mm-hmm. great first tip there. That's first tip number one, start talking to your kids early and often about money. Step two or tip number two is give your kids a base pay plus commission. So uh, don't buy everything for your kids. That's kind of the main point. Instead, get them involved in saving up and paying for things they want. This means they're going to learn how to earn money, even at a super duper early age. It's kind of fun to even include uh, to- you know, toddlers or three, four-year-olds in this project. So we do recommend giving them a base pay plus commission. That means they're going to get a certain amount of money just for doing basic household chores and covering the basics around the household. You know, commissions might be everything on top of that, above and beyond what they have to do around the house. So think about it. There's a lot of things you do and contribute every single day to the household that you as a parent don't get paid for. Stuff like making your bed, doing your dishes after a meal, that sort of thing. You're doing it because you want to have a, a good relationship with your future self. You know, you want to have the clean slate, whatever, for your future self when you walk into that nice, clean kitchen to have the best possible chance at success and have a, having a productive and profitable future for yourself and for your family. I recommend you make a list of responsibilities for your children and make it super clear for them what's expected, the base pay, you might say the allowance, and then what's above and beyond that gives them extra payment or bonus or commissions or whatever. 
Maybe you can make a whiteboard prominently displayed in your house that shows those chores that are going to be paid for and what's expected uh, just by being a part of the family. I've seen a lot of really creative ideas on Instagram and on Pinterest for this. One other kind of cool idea, if you happen to be listening to this and you're a business owner, you can even include your children in the family business. So we really believe here at Not Your Average Financial Podcast in the power of the family business. In fact, we have an upcoming episode, episode 103, where we've invited several national-level economists to come speak to us about this powerful trend that's happening across the country, what it does when, the, when there is a family business, what it does for the family, what it does for the family's money. So that's one thing that we'll just leave you with bated breath for episode 103. <laughs> so tell us about number three. This one's kind of caught me off guard. What do you think about number three, Holly? Yeah, so uh, number three here is don't raise employees, raise business owners uh, when it comes to raising your children, which really kind of comes down to just the mindset that you raise them in. So most financial blogs and articles out there focus almost exclusively on the consumer side of money. So um, how to help them do something with the money they've already earned, what you should spend it on, you know, that sort of thing, uh, where you should save it. And that works great when you're living in kind of that wage earner mindset. But if you can move that mindset to the business owner and investor mindset, all of a sudden you have this new lens um, by which you know to teach your children about money and how to manage it. So if you've been able to achieve that mindset for yourself, don't you know, quote unquote, I guess, kind of keep it to yourself, you know, instill that mindset in your children as well. Um, If you've kind of been able to get to the point where you've realized that financial freedom of, okay, it's not just going to be a living to paycheck, paycheck life mm-hmm. for me, why, you know, and, and, and you have found value in that. Why would you want that for your child? So try and kind of instill that mindset in them as well. So for example, you know, we at Not Your Average Financial Podcast highly recommend giving your children the reins on running their own business as soon as possible. Help them understand the truth that you make money when you help others and when you ask others for help. Oh, that's super cool. Yeah, that that phrase, when you, you're going to make money when you help others and when you ask others for help. That's really the core element of it, any business, right? The mm-hmm. more people you can help, uh, the more money you'll make. And when you make uh, a profitable business, you're going to need to ask other people to jump in and serve and help and contribute and, and bail water and whatever else uh, to help help that business grow. Yeah, because, I mean, 100 years ago, life as a child was very different from what it is today, right? So I feel like a lot has changed in our country in the last 100 years as far as what <laughs> the country looks like, society looks like, but not a whole lot has changed in how children have been treated and raised in regards to money. So, you know, 100 years ago, it was life for them was just all about work, right? So the second you were old enough to, you know, hold anything, you had to put your arms to use. You were helping on the farm, around the house, um, or potentially, you know, even working grueling hours in a factory um, at super, super young ages. But today we've ended up at kind of the other extreme where we have, you know, quote unquote, helicopter parents um, that try to protect their kids from the real real world for as long as possible, uh, thus kind of setting them up to fail miserably when that bubble finally bursts. Mm. So, I mean, apart from the hard skills they learn from the job itself, 
Working also teaches kids communication skills, reliability, responsibility. Uh, plus, they don't, you know, they won't waste their hard-earned money, which takes the pressure off you to provide maybe 100% of everything for them. Um, who knows? Once they start to catch on, they might even want to pay for themselves and be able to help pay for things that you may, might not be able to afford to buy them on your own. Um, so definitely a lot of value in just teaching them how to earn money mm-hmm. um, and doing it from a young age doesn't mean that they need to be, you know, independent by age 12, right, where they're earning and they're paying you for groceries. Um, but even just something as simple as like they pay a dollar, you know, yep. it 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 teaches them the value of money and they have to earn that dollar in order to be able to pay you for that. Clearly, that's not covering the cost of their meal, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, $1, it's not going to take you very far, but it's the the val- the, the lessons that you're teaching them. Um, one caveat, though, you know, you can't just pay your kids for doing chores, obviously. So um, there are necessary tasks that everyone has to do and, you know, we don't get paid for them either, right, as adults. Um, and that would teach them to p- potentially look for financial incentives in the wrong places. So just make sure that whatever, um, however you kind of go about that, you do strike the right balance, right? So mm-hmm. just keep that in mind. Well, and I would just say, having met a lot of parents with children of all sorts of ages, I've just noticed anecdotally that uh, kids who are seniors in high school generally have a higher net worth than college graduates. <laughs> Is that, if that tells you anything, yeah. um, not just about the student loans, but just the way they manage their money, it's something is lost uh, when they go through the college experience most of the time. Uh, now, st- uh, tip number four uh, in our four tips is now beyond the skills of work and the lesson of a financial reward, you might actually involve your children in certain investments, family investments that might have a tangible outcome. So even for young children, maybe you take the money that they've saved in their little piggy bank, Holly, and uh, you use that to build a raised bed garden, possibly in the backyard. Maybe they can get their hands in the dirt, knowing that that money that they saved up bought the seeds, bought the topsoil, the boards. Then, you know, as they grow that produce, maybe they end up harvesting it and then selling that produce to see how much more money they have in their piggy bank at the end of the season as a result of all their hard work. This could be done with a five-year-old, right? Uh, It's a project that could last all summer long instead of just being a lemonade stand that's done in an afternoon. Uh, I remember a lot of small businesses I ran, quote unquote, I ran um, back as a kid. They were really just, you know, little um, pop-ups and things that we do when we were bored one afternoon. But I think most children have that entrepreneurial mindset from the start. I remember selling cartoon drawings, and I had some hand-drawn mazes that I would sell to my friends. I remember my mom actually helped me set the price. Uh, I remember uh, mowing the lawn of neighbors and and, uh, uh, folks down the street and doing also a snowblowing job in the wintertime in Indiana. And I started that super young, maybe 11, 12 years old, you know, and and I was even doing marketing with uh, clip art printed out on my dot matrix printer and I had taped those up all over the neighborhood. So those are some fond memories, right? I I bet you our listeners would have tons more to share here. Uh, So I even tried on several friends to get, get them involved in some of these businesses, the lawn care business, that sort of thing. We'd split the proceeds. We even had to pay my, my dad for gasoline to rent the, and even to rent the mower since it was his mower, right? So he he didn't charge us an arm and a leg, but it was an important principle to learn that this isn't just going to be something we're going to grab out of the garage. It's something we're going to have to rent and include that in our financial plan, you might say. Mm-hmm. So learning those lessons really did a lot of good, I feel like, uh, in me. It helped more maybe than just simply reading a textbook in some economics class about supply and demand. 
it helped really get my mind and my body engaged in the MBA of life, right? The MBA of action. Uh, and I do believe that children should learn academically, but they really get into it when they get their hands and their heart into something like a business that they run. Mm-hmm. So awesome. what are some takeaways, Holly, from this episode? Yeah, no, I love it. I love it. I love the four tips. And so, of course, you guys can certainly, um, you know, take those to heart as much as, much as you'd like. Uh, you know, apply the things you like, ignore the stuff you don't. Mm-hmm. Um, but just kind of our food for thought as to how you can possibly, you know, get kids engaged um, in the conversation about money. And, you know, it doesn't need to be a formal education. You don't need to start, you know, schooling them uh, every Saturday morning from eight till noon or anything like that on money. But um, just let them be involved. Let them be creative and let them um, start to have a relationship with money before it it's almost too late or forced upon mm-hmm. them. Um, and then it can become an unhealthy relationship rather than the healthy relationship it could be. Um, so just kind of some key takeaways for this episode, you know, give your kids a respect for money. It doesn't grow on trees. Um, money doesn't always have to be a limitation. You know, it's not a necessary limitation. It, it's not finite. Um, you can't come up with ways to make more. Show them how to be a business owner. Show them um, how money can be earned to um, be able to buy the things that might otherwise have been out of reach. Uh, Google kids and money for every age, um, and you can get some really creative ideas just online. Uh, focus not just on saving and spending on quote-unquote toys for them, um, but teach them the principles of creating real wealth. Um, you know, when you have a budget for your kids, you're helping them come up with a budget, which I would highly, highly recommend. Um, create as few as three categories. There should always be at least three. Um, And that's saving, giving, and spending at the very, very minimum. Let them see where it's going, what it's doing for them, and even what it's doing for others. Um, I've heard some crazy impactful stories about uh, families that have let their children use their allowance money or money that they've earned to do the um, support a child. P- campaigns mm, cool. and there's and there's any number of them, but I've just heard some of the coolest stories where, um, you know, a 12 year old is doing the whole you know ten dollars a month or something like that to help support this child in whatever country it may be, and they're, they're they become pen pals and they're like writing to each other and you know this the the girl or the the child in whatever other country is writing letters to their child and they're like conversing and um, sharing pictures about their life and it's like what an amazing I love that like experience that that child is getting at such a young age to know about the greater world around them and to learn about other cultures and that not everyone gets to grow up like the kid in America, right. you know? Mm. And so- I'm um, totally going to do that. That's awesome. We got a little yeah. girl, at home, my daughter at home, she's totally getting a pen pal. That's amazing. Yes, yes. No, <laughs> She'll so it's, change her life. Yeah. So, you know, you're teaching them how they can help other people with their money. And that's an invaluable um, trait that or kind of thing that you can teach them. Um, and money ultimately, you know, it helps you influence the world around you. And that's, you know, what they can learn from that. So in your discussions about buying things, you know, they want, but don't have the money for, you know, that toy or that first car, you know, reframe uh, reframe the statement from, you know, we can't afford this to say instead how 
might we afford this? Again, kids and their ingenuity, man, it, it can't be matched. I like that. And so um, letting them become a part of the conversation, just let them be a part of the process and, and teach them the things that you value about money. Um, I think is that that's about the best you can do. So good. Yeah. Instead of saying we cannot afford this, instead think how might we afford this? I love that, Holly. Great stuff. Yep. Yep. So, all right, we will go ahead and wrap up part one here today with uh, kids and finance. And so just want to say to everyone, thank you for joining us for another episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. This has been another episode of the Not Your Average Financial Podcast. To join a financial revolution and start thinking different about money, go to www.nyafinancialpodcast.com and click Request a Meeting. The topics presented in this podcast are for general information only and not for the purposes of providing legal, accounting, or investment advice. On such matters, please consult a professional who knows your specific situation.